0: This CAP Times podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Learn more at exactsciences.com. Most Wisconsinites need no introduction to Charlie Behrens. He's the host of the Manitowoc Minute, a stand up comedian, and the guy behind a whole bunch of other really funny videos, including the one that went viral a few years ago about what Jack Dawson from Titanic would really sound like if he were from Wisconsin. I'm Jesse O'Poyan, and this is Wedge Issues, a Cap Times podcast about government and politics in Wisconsin. Charlie, who is actually an Emmy Award winning former TV journalist, was kind enough to share some of his time with us earlier this month for a Cap Times members' event. We talked about journalism, all things Wisconsin, and his new chart-topping bluegrass album, Unthawed. So without further ado, let's keep her moving. Well, hello, everyone, and and thank you to everyone who's tuning in. And thank you to Charlie Behrens for taking time out of his very busy schedule uh, to support local journalism, which I know is a cause that's very important to him. Um, and before we get started, I just want to say I know that um, all of you, in order to participate in this, to be here tonight, you had to become a Cap Times member. So we really appreciate that. It's crucial to you know, our operation going forward. And if you have fun tonight and you like what we're doing here and you like what we do at the Cap Times, please tell your friends to become members, too, because we're going to be doing more cool stuff like this. And we've got another Zoom event coming up on December 29th. Our food editor, Lindsay Christians, will be interviewing chef Courtney Burns. Um, There is going to be a cooking demo of some sort. You're going to learn how to make something. And they're going to talk about how food is comforting and and, um, how it relates to people. And it's going to be great. So um, watch for that. Watch your email to register for that. Um, So I've interviewed a lot of people, Charlie. I've interviewed politicians that some people might be impressed by, but I don't think my friends have ever been impressed by anyone that oh. I've interviewed as much as you. So thanks for making me look kind of cool.
1: Wow, that's very kind of you to say, or your friends to say, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. Um, so you studied journalism at UW Madison. Yeah. Uh, what drew you to that?
1: What's that? What what what, what, what drew you to that? Yeah. Oh, what drew me to that? Uh so I actually uh now I don't wanna get on here and start flexing, but I was the editor in chief of the uh, high school newspaper. So we put out a record low six issues that year. So, you know, I got that going uh for me. But I I I was I've been I guess my first four my brother was the editor in chief before me, so that there was like some nepotism going on. So that, that's sort of where I like learned how to write and do that. And then when I got to UW, um, I, I, you know, went down the journalism route. I was a thing I knew how to do. And I also, you know, I just enjoy, um, I think just the power of journalism and that, that aspect always drew it to me. Like uh, some stories just don't get told if it's not for people who, you know, shine a spotlight on it and tell those stories that that is really what, drives, you know, the world, what issues we uh focus on and care about and therefore then work their way up to policy change or whatever. And so I think it's it's the power of it and the ability for it to really make change that, you know, I enjoy doing also as terrible a business. And uh so I couldn't it's, it's
0: funny people who do do journalism tend to be terrible at business. I think that's how and we I, got into this terrible place right
1: <laughs> now. I love when you're in Madison, you're walking like down, um, oh man, uh, all the streets are blending in. Park Street is a park. I don't know, but you're walking down and you got Vilas on one side and then the the business school on the other.
0: <laughs> yeah it's, yeah. It's,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like. Uh, You know, this bomb shelter from the 60s and then this beautiful, like, uh, glass building. And now it's got another building. There are so many buildings in Mass. I was walking down the street there uh, before the pandemic, and I turned the corner on, like, uh, one of the streets, like, going towards State Street. And I I did not recognize it at all. I I had a moment, and this happens sometimes when, when I go on tour where, like, I could be walking down a street and I don't. I uh, know what city I'm in. Uh, this, this is not going to sound good on this podcast. People are now, now have more questions than answers. Anyway, that happened That's to me. That's in-
0: Chicago's big city. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah <laughs> right. But that happened to me in Madison. Cause I was like, Oh, what, what am I looking at? Cause I was so used to thinking I was going to see something and there was a huge building yeah. there now. I was like, Oh my gosh.
0: No, it's happening all over the place. Like I've only lived here, I don't know, six, seven years. And like, I go to the street that my first apartment here was on and I don't recognize Mm -hmm. it. So it's not just you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I should also mention, which I forgot to at the top of this, that we are taking questions from the audience. So if you have one, please drop it into the Q and a box at the bottom of your zoom screen. Um, Hopefully you can find that. Um, and uh, we'll be kind of funneling those in throughout the night. And I should also mention, I don't know how, many, how much of this I'm actually going to get to, but I've got a, a Keeper Movin' cracked it, open here tonight.
1: Now, you, uh, you mentioned something, actually, while we were doing the, the thing to make sure my internet was working, and you said something about Keeper moving beer. You said it tastes like, what was that again?
0: that said it tastes like, it reminded me of a Schlitz.
1: And folks, there's no better gosh darn compliment that I could possibly have for the keeper moving light lager than for it to taste like an iconic uh, honestly, I'm gonna say American beer, the Schlitz. Okay, you know, and thank you. Thank you for Jesse. I'll I'll pay you. I know we're not supposed to, you know, tell everybody. <laughs> uh, it's,
0: yeah, it's it's frowned upon, but right, okay. yeah, I'll t- um, we'll take we'll, yeah. we'll talk about it offline. Okay, okay, Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. So five. <laughs> Oh, sorry.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you, you found out when you were studying journalism, the thing that I found out like the first time I had a few too many beers around friends who weren't from here, which is, oh, yeah, you've got a Wisconsin accent. Well, you start getting a little too excited and you, you get the ohs and the nos. And uh, you, you got some advice to drop it, but you've obviously not <laughs> gone down that path.
1: Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny, like, uh, to, to really do it, like, I've had to direct a few people on how to do it. And, um, you know, it, it's honestly, it's really if you just start only talking with the bottom jaw, and you barely move the top jaw, that's just how. It, so I, uh, yeah, no, I I did. I just said, yeah, no. Uh, so yeah, I, no. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, I did get some advice to to drop it. Yeah. To sat, or I would not get a job in broadcasting. So I ended up doing that. I, I got a voice coach and then, um, yeah, I learned how to, I don't know, I guess get rid of a lot of the stuff in the accent, but there were just dead giveaways, you know? I mean, I was in, um, t- uh, Dallas or whatever doing the deal and my opinion, you know, the O hard o, Yeah. <laughs> I told everyone to to find a bubbler on a hot day, you know, which oh, is, no. you know, they're like, Charlie, that's what you use to smoke the devil's lettuce. It's not a, not a water fountain. I was like, well, water fountain, you know, that's where you go to get change for the meter. But I mean, so those things just kind of kept happening. And then I, I just developed a character that sort of embraced everything that everybody, uh, you know, had said was wrong about my journalism. And there was a lot, there was a lot wrong in my <laughs> broadcasting voice. So.
0: But you did some, some pretty cool journalism Like while you were doing that. I mean, you covered politics. You got arrested covering politics. Um, yeah, yeah. What happened? What, what was that career path like for you?
1: Well, that was actually in college. So uh, in okay. college, um, I was working for MTV, their Choose or Lose thing. And this was right in the early days of citizen journalism. Um, and my assignment that evening was to cover the protests And um, uh, they they had protests going on. That was my deal. And they were like, cover it till it ends. So I was staying and staying and staying. And then, you know, now we see it on the news quite often. But, you know, the cops uh, form a wall. Obviously, they say it's a a cease or what did they call it where they say everybody go home, basically. Oh, yeah.
0: Disperser, or, disper- yep. or
1: disperse yep. or something like that i forget the name yep. but you know and then they throw the uh the tear gas and then the uh the, the firecrackers um or whatever so uh anyway long story short at some point i was like okay I, I i gotta go and i was with this reporter from the boston globe and we turned around and uh and he was a great guy who i don't remember his name but he was taking me under his wing because it was clear i didn't know what i was doing and, uh, and I was like, so what do we do now? Cause there was just a line of police officers. Uh, and he was like, well, I am pretty sure we get arrested now. So, um, uh, we, they, they were no longer believing credentials at this point. Cause you know, uh, Photoshop just had come out and, uh, everybody was making fake credentials back then. And this was St. Paul. I don't know if I said that there was St. Paul during yeah. the Republican national convention, 2008. And, um, yeah, so then uh, I, I got arrested, and then I spent the night in jail, uh, which was, you know, I was like a holding pen, you know, like a bunch of tall, whatever, and it, it, I, I got peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, which was nice, and I gave half of mine to a taxi driver who uh, ended up uh, then returning. The, this is the most Midwest thing now that I think about it. I give him a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. He gives me a ride back to Dinky Town in his taxi. No fare, no charge. So, and by no fare I mean very fair. I got very
0: a, fair. No yeah.
1: fare to him, but you know, I mean, he did get half a peanut butter jelly sandwich, and I was hungry, but he was it's not a terrible man and he, he he asked for it, so you know, I gave it to him.
0: It's, you know, the, the actual Midwestern kindness, the Midwestern nice that we hear about, which I don't know. I, actually, I want to ask you about this. So, when you live in the Midwest, you hear every state kind of claim like Iowa nice, Minnesota nice, Wisconsin nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have my thoughts on this, but I'm curious what what your thoughts are on what that means and which state actually claims it. <laughs> uh, I don't,
1: I, I, I'm going to say Wisconsin is the nicest uh, state for obvious reasons, but I think everyone claimed Minnesota has the most, like, that's the most Minnesota nice, I think is the biggest trope or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. Um, but you know, I mean, I think that each state can say they have their own thing. I'm gonna go with Wisconsin, but you know, it's all the same vibe. It's uh, you, you know, like oh, you can't go away hungry. You know, uh, we got extra, we got extra uh, raw meat for your cannibal sandwiches in the in the fridge. You know, which apparently you're not supposed to eat. Really not. Yeah.
0: Uh. I mean, I was going to ask you this later, but you brought it up. Are you a yay or a nay on the cannibal sandwich?
1: Oh, I've had a cannibal sandwich or two in my day, you know. Have you? Yeah, a, a vegan cannibal sandwich, actually. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, no, I'm kidding. That that actually, that <laughs> joke makes no sense. Uh, no, I've had I've had them before, um, but I, I don't eat them often, I wouldn't say. It's not like my go-to.
0: Okay. Um, so it's, it's like raw onions and other stuff on it that you y-
1: – yeah, so it's so I'll let the other Charlie explain because he does it better. So folks, here's what's gonna happen. You got your rye bread. It's the extra rye bread you got left over from uh, the fish fry and whatnot. Okay, you don't know what to do with it. Great, you got extra uh, beef. You know, sitting in the fridge, and it's gonna go bad. All right, and you don't want it to go bad. Okay, so you you, you know, and you don't want to take time to cook it because honest to Pete. Roll the dice a little bit, okay? It's around Christmas, okay? And you're just trying to make the most out of what you got going. So you pull out the bread and then you do a thin layer, just a thin layer of, of, a thicker layer if I'm being honest, but you put a layer of meat in, okay? Onions on top, uh, you know, a little something else if you want, pickle, if you wanna be adventurous, a little mustard, why not? Fold it up or just keep it flat. Put it down the trap and and then you got it this is what's really important you guys start saying your prayers then okay because there's a good chance it's going to wreak havoc on everything going on in the intestinal region. So you just say a prayer tree and you should be okay but uh, you know if you get sick you'll know you did something bad okay so there you go well
0: i feel like if someone had some of the cranberry sauce that you've made or if they drank one of the tom and jerry's that you've made that brandy, the the massive amount of brandy that you put into those might, you know, do something to, to sanitize.
1: You know, I'm glad you brought that up. Brandy is the, uh, the age old healer, uh, of Wisconsinites. Any, if anything that ails you, if you put a little brandy in the deal, you're going to be feeling just chipper afterwards. Promise. It kills all diseases. Uh, you know, it's an elixir. It is.
0: So if I can ask the, other, other Charlie, how did the Manitow- Manitowoc Minute persona, how did that Charlie persona come to be?
1: Um, uh, yeah, so I was doing stand up in uh, and I was at the time I was in Los Angeles and I was working as a like a red carpet reporter, you know, which is yeah. anytime there's a red carpet, nobody wants to be there. The, the journalists don't want to be there. <laughs> The celebrities or whatever you want to call them don't want to be there. They're just promoting whatever they need to promote. And uh, we're just asking questions that nobody wants to answer that they've heard a million times. And uh, I, was not a good, I was not a good entertainment reporter. We were like a new brand. It was some affiliate of variety. It was called Ad Hollywood. And uh, so we were always at the end of the line. So everyone would just skip past us. So I don't know. There were a few too many nights of doing that. And then I was, like, doing a few other jobs. Uh, uh, and I was, like, I just got to – and they were journalism adjacent or actual um, journalism in some cases. But I was, like, I just got to uh, uh, change it up. And I always had wanted to do comedy, uh, but I did it once and bombed and then didn't go back for a while, uh, as a lot of comedians will say on their first time. But anyway, I developed this persona of this um, this uh, news – character or it wasn't actually it wasn't news at the time oh I was talking about my time in news and then impersonating like myself doing news you know like my first news reads or whatever with the full-on character thing and you know so then I did a video uh with the the full-on news show that took off Uh, I was very fortunate that took off because I put out a lot of other sketches that did not take off and so then I just doubled down on it I kept doing them and doing them and doing them and uh, that was where the Man Talk Minute came from, and then you know I kind of pivoted it uh, to doing other sketches and and a bunch of other stuff, and and we still do the Man Talk Minute; those those classic episodes. We don't do them as often, um, it more mostly because of a bandwidth thing. And I, I think that if we do them every now and again, people you know see it, you know in, enjoy it a little bit more. So,
0: yeah, I think. I think the first thing that I saw from you which I think was pre-manitowoc minute but I'm not sure was the um, if if Jack Dawson in the Titanic actually spoke like he was from Wisconsin. Yeah. Was that pre was that before Manitowoc minute?
1: Yeah, it was about 6 months before it. And that was that was actually also from a stand-up bit uh, <laughs> as well. And but I could never get the stand-up bit to work. And so I was like, uh, well, oh, well if I just underdub what Jack Dawson's actually saying. Then you know, and it's fun because he says Wisconsin in it, and, and you know, he's from Chippewa Falls, so mm-hmm. it was pretty that was a pretty easy one to uh, do. So that was fun.
0: I thought that was, I mean, I liked it. Oh, um, <laughs> so yeah, I guess I first kind of focusing on the Manitowoc Minute, I, I want to hear how you develop those um segments, but also just can you. Tell people a little bit about how what your creative process is, how you develop material, how you test it out, how you know what's working. Mm,
1: yeah, a lot of trial and error, um, mostly. I mean, it depends if it's if it's a um, video, then you know you kind of know your audience. You know, sorry, that was a burp. I couldn't tell if you knew. I tried to hide it, but then <laughs> I just said it. So now we're in, now I'm in trouble. Now we all know.
0: That's okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. Excuse me. Um, so if it's you kind of have a general sense of what people was going to resonate with your audience if you've done this a while you know and a lot of midwest stuff and um that you know you kind of just run through all the stuff and a lot of the midwest stuff that bucket of material is all based off of recognition so it's like if and especially the way social media works if you have a headline you know the videos are like a square and there's a headline if you kind of know immediately if that headline is going to grab somebody because a lot of times that will determine whether they watch the video or not. And, um, and if it does, then, you know, it's really hammering sort of these things that we know so you have that basis of understanding and then just flipping it on its head. And those ones, like Midwest Nice, for instance, everybody recognizes Midwest Nice. So then it's a simple game of, of it's a listing game. So um, that's, that's kind of a, it's just a montage, I guess, is that, that's that type of video. Um, but it, the best videos for online are uh, things that everybody is already aware of is a thing, and then you just exploit it and make fun of it, kind of turn it on its head. Uh, with stand-up, it's a lot different. It's, uh, you get up on stage, if, you're, if you've been doing stand-up a while, you have the material that you know works, and that's your first 20 minutes of material, you know, works. And then your last 20 minutes material, you know, works that middle 20 minutes. I've bombed so hard on that, but you, you kind of are good. Cause you know, if, if it's, you can just throw it out and get to the stuff that works, but that's the most fun for me is that middle area. Um, because it makes me feel like I'm doing open mics again. And, uh, it's kind of a rush. To think that your stuff is going to completely bomb, even with a warm audience, you know. Um, but that's if I'm on tour, uh, testing material with an audience that knows me, they give me a lot more uh leeway. But if I'm in um, like New York or Chicago or LA or something, or I'm bouncing on somebody else's show, or I'm at the comedy store, uh, for instance, and I have a 10 minute slot, that's an audience that doesn't know who I am at all. So it's a whole other kind of set that you have to know that stuff kills and trying stuff in that environment is is a little bit more nerve wracking. That was kind of a long meandering answer, but-
0: No, I'll- it was a great answer. It- in some way reminds me of the way that I like to do some interviews when I have to ask like harder unpleasant questions like I like to start with the stuff that's gonna like kind of butter someone up and then go into like okay now we're gonna Ask the stuff that like neither of us want to talk about and then you know gotta finish it up with some, you know, easier questions so that I don't leave a bad taste in your mouth or whatever. Oh, so,
1: let's it's, see here, it's six twenty. So in like ten Yeah, we're moving into it. In ten <laughs> minutes, can I expect the hard questions? Is that the deal?
0: No, oh, I mean, yeah, it's just, gonna get pretty pretty brutal here, I
1: think. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the ones.
0: Um so yeah, I, I I guess you you talked a little bit about the online versus stand up difference but right now you can't really do a whole lot of stand up um, how has the pandemic do you think sh- changed the way that people do comedy and were you maybe a little bit ahead of the game because you were already kind of in that online video space
1: i think in some ways a lot of comedians i know did um quite diversify i guess their their revenue streams or their ability to not revenue streams it sounds like a business school thing but i mean it's true <laughs> They didn't diversify the way they could connect with their audience as much. They were just stand-up comedians, and then when this thing hit, it was very hard, you know. And they—they're they're funnier than I am. I mean, they're—they're they're really funny guys, but it—and—and and women and—and uh, and, but it's—it's some—it's hard to establish a the following and the following I got, I was very lucky to get it. And I feel very grateful for it because it I tried for a long time and did not have it. And I've seen some of the funniest material I've seen, uh, is from people and it's getting, you know, hundreds of views, but it's so funny. And, you know, you share it or whatever and it can get a little bit going, but, um, it's, it's sometimes it's hard to break through on the social media stuff. It's especially hard if you're, if, you, if you're not used to making videos every week too, because you have to be consistent, you have to like uh, sort of cater to the algorithms and the different algorithms on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok, on YouTube. And they all want consistency primarily. And if you're not in the habit of uh, editing, if you can't edit, and if you can't write and shoot and do all that stuff quickly, you know, you're set back a lot. But I think the quarantine time, I guess there were a lot of people hungry for content, hungry for distraction. And so if you were set up to feed that <laughs> distraction, you know, you know, to, to fiddle while the Titanic sank, uh, then you, you did well, I guess. So I did, I did, I think I did. Um, I'm not, I, I think I did all right in that I served that for people who were, you know, just trying to laugh a little bit and, uh, um, I don't, I mean, people did it better than me, too. Um, but it was, it, it's a in, wild, interesting time. But it's been it's been fun to create content in this wild, interesting time, too.
0: But uh, I'm going to pepper in some audience questions here. And and one is, uh, someone wants to know what's in your mug, and I want to know what your mug says. Oh, it's... Ah, of course.
1: Yeah, of course. <laughs> This is uh, – shout out to Sunset Hill Stoneware. Um, they're These are made in Wisconsin. They're made actually in Nina. I wanted to make sure I got the name actually uh, 100% right. Mm-hmm. But, no, we made these for a little bit. We stopped um, making them, I think. I, I don't know why. We should make them again because I really like them. But um, yeah. what's in it? Uh, uh, maybe some – it's a hot toddy. it so a hot toddy. 50, <laughs> and then there's – something, there's an elixir for my throat in there. You Uh, you know,
0: it's, I've heard brandy is very important, you know, for, for health. So
1: yeah, it's a lot of water though. So you see me like drink, it's not all, all booze, but it's, (laughs) uh, yeah, there's, it's, it's good for you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Another, another question, actually two questions combined, because two people have asked about um, some of the partnerships that you've had. So um, the You Betcha guys and uh, the Asgos Wisconsin stuff um, in terms of uh, some of the, the voter sort of PSAs that you've done. How do, how did do these partnerships come to be? And um, how much does that sort of matter for all of you in terms of um, the way that you're able to do your jobs?
1: Yeah, I think they're they're always very fun when you can collaborate with somebody else who's sort of in your space and gets it, you know, and, you know, you're all um you can know, all help each other and brainstorm or whatever. I think the collaborations are great and they're fun and it puts you in a different box. And also it helps you share an audience, you know, it helps you like get exposure to their audience. They get exposure to your audience. And then, you know, it's it's really and I'll say this, there's there's sometimes in like stand-up comedy, not all the time, but there are certain like clicks and it's a little bit like you know you kind of get, have to work the door at the comedy store in order to get stage I mean, this and there's like a almost like a hierarchy that's not so much the case when it comes to on, online, I guess creators, if you want to call. It. There's a lot of like uh, creative energy, and people see the mutual benefit in collaborating, and uh, miles, for instance, you betcha you guy, he and I p- could have easily seen each other as competitors. And I guarantee you there are videos that I put out that he's like, I can get more views than that, you know? And, and cause I, I look at his views. I'm like, how did he get that many views on that? <laughs> and, and so you get into those, those kinds of fun, petty comparison things, but it's all in good, uh, good heart. I mean, I don't really care at the end of the day, but I'll call him and, and bug him um, or annoy him. If, uh, he put something out that was real good, and you know uh, he'll do the same to me. So it's it's fun. Then Kristen is uh, very um, talented, and and she's an actress. I I believe before doing that, but she she's done an amazing thing of kind of coming back to Wisconsin, creating really good solid content uh, in a difficult space. And it's, yeah, she did an amazing job over the election, just informing people on, you know, what certain things mean. And she kind of got into the, the nitty gritty of uh, some of the political stuff and how things work. And I think did an amazing job conveying that to her audience.
0: I mean, she, I know that her goal, I've, I've talked to her a lot, is, is to be nonpartisan and just try to, you know, present as much helpful information as she can. Mm-hmm. And, and you, I mean, you, you talk about news, you talk about it and, and have some commentary on it, but you've done something that I think a lot of people can't do in Wisconsin, which is appeal to people in both political parties, people who don't subscribe to a political ideology. How much do you think about that? How much of an effort do you make uh, t- to do that?
1: Yeah, a lot. I think about it a lot because I, that's uh, honestly... That's a big reason that I wanted to do the talk Man, because I, it, well, I, not the first episode, the first episode, I was like, okay, but then once it took off, I was like, well, I think there's an opportunity here, because at that time, it was 2017, um, sort of the state that I had grown up with, there was a lot of things sort of coming out, um, just nastiness, and uh, family members not talking to each other, and all that, and it was just like, come on, is this, do we need to do that, like, like, there's no, like, there's no way we're ever going to move forward if people can't talk. So I, what I hoped to do, and I still try and do this is create a bridge of comedy and call out absurdity. And there's plenty of absurdity out there. And I think we can all be honest about the absurdity that's out there and say that this is crazy. And so, you know, and so there are a lot of issues that seem political, but they've been made to seem political for the purposes of people gaining political power. And you know, by that I'm talking about like, it's not uh, political to say S- support the troops. It's not political to say Black Lives Matter. It's not political to say, this is the only environment we have, we have to protect it. These are all basic things and nobody on the face of it is gonna argue it. Now, you, you in each of those, we have politicians who have made it their job because they see that when you divide, you can, separate and you can rise to power and that's a very simple political formula that's been used you know for centuries and i just wanted to um maybe put content out there that would sort of combat that i mean i don't really care if you have if you're on the right or if you're on the left if you um are respectful that's that's what this whole deal is about is about people having differing opinions and we listen to you. It doesn't make you a bad person. Uh, but we're all, you know, malleable and growing. And if, but we can't grow if we can't listen to each other. So uh, anyway, that was kind of a, a long lingering, uh, uh, you know, that was a long response, but I think, did it answer your question or not? I think the whiskey's working. <laughs> it's
0: what it's supposed to do. Right. Yeah. So, uh, you I I can't believe that I I am talking to someone who has had a number 1 hit album on the Billboard Bluegrass charts. Uh yeah. but I am.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that 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 was really cool. I was super <laughs> super I mean since i was since I was a kid I was one to uh, like uh uh I you know be like Bob Dylan or whatever, that was my hero kind of growing up, you know, not that I'm saying I'm like, him. don't, don't take this the wrong way, but uh, so to, to, I always incorporated music in my shows. And so then to actually put together an album, I've always written songs, you know, but I've always also kind of not been great at singing had bad rhythm, you know, so to kind of force myself on stage to play songs that made me a little bit better. I got a vocal coach. Our name's Dot Todman. Uh, she's actually just on my podcast this week. She's awesome. And um, so to do that and get to a place where, like, oh, I can be presentable. There's a lot of auto-tune on the album, okay? I screwed up a lot of notes, okay? I'm going to be honest with you. But, uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, I, mean, I'm yeah. kidding. There's definitely I thought auto-tune.
0: it sounded a little bit like T-Pain, but...
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. We tried to get that uh, yeah. Wisconsin thing in there, so... <laughs>
0: um. So before I ask you to do something crazy, which is I'm going to ask you to see if you'll play one of the songs, how did, uh, how did you put this together? You, you did this with uh, Adam Grohl from Horseshoes and Hand Grenades, Wisconsin band. You've got Wisconsin musicians on it. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a fully Wisconsin album, but how did it come together?
1: So Adam and I um, had been talking. I think we met, I was doing a show in Minneapolis and he was at Pachyderm recording. Uh, that's the studio. Uh, I think Nirvana re- recorded an album there, actually. And but I went there and hung out with them, and we just messed around. We've been friends since. I was doing a show in Nashville, I think, and he was down there, and we recorded one song, the old Wisconsin Jubilee. Mm-hmm. And we just went to the studio and just you know recorded it after writing it quickly. And that one did you know it did okay. And, uh, and then Adam went on tour with me. Did a he opened a couple shows, and I think it was in Green Lake we started, uh, coming up with the idea for naming your town.
0: Yeah.
1: And, uh, and then, uh, the next, you know, morning we were staying in this weird motel and I, I went over to his room and we recorded a version of, uh, LaFleur and, uh, <laughs> you know, and then we just kept writing uh, when the pandemic kind of hit and then, you know, we pushed ourselves to record it. So. Well,
0: it's a fun one. Um, okay. You have a song you'd like to maybe play for us yeah okay take a little more of that elixir
1: i know that's why i've been doing it so <laughs> if this sounds pitchy it's because i don't have auto-tune it's live okay so this is called up north and uh got rid really of the h because you know in, in the midwest actually um I'm when you say up north, you, I feel bad for the letter H cause you know, it gets knocked out of a lot of words like duh, instead of duh, and, duh instead of this, you know can get you into trouble, you know but anyway, that's a different story, I'll, I'll put this on. And if I screw it up, which I'm going to I apologize in advance in typical Midwest fashion and I will send you a root okay. Well,
2: I'm going up north cause life's too short for this Midwest American dream telling you that's selling you my whole damn life well it ain't everything it seemed so I call up my wife says we're leaving tonight grab the food kids, pearls and all cuz I'm going up north this life's too short And don't forget the alcohol well I'm going up north that's the pitchy part yeah, I'm going up north Well, you can't watch news without the booze. When crazy be leading the way And there ain't no love coming from that mouth It's just 50 shades of hate Well, I'm done with your dogs Wait for your whistle, cause I know a better way going up north with the folks i love and you can bet your best i'm leaving today well i'm going up north yeah i'm going up north Got This farm with corn and cows But the cows can't milk themselves So I gotta call Jenny from up the road With some hemp, oh please don't tell he says, honey, I got you hit the road Catch some fish right off of the pier Oh, and bring me back a bag of perch But please watch out for deer Well, I'm going up north, yeah, I'm going up north. Said I'm going up north. yeah I'm going up north, yeah, I'm going
1: There you go. You know, that up north, it's a little pitchy, okay, but I'm working on it. You know, more whiskey would make it a little less pitchy, I think. You get it. You get it.
0: No whiskey always helps. I have an important question. Do you have a line that signifies up north to you or the Northwoods? Where does this this cutoff happen? Oh,
1: yeah, that's a very good question. I would say north of Wausau. But you can get into trouble because it, it it kind of like you know it mm-hmm. it does this thing because I would consider other you know if, if you go all the way over east like Okano up north you know mm-hmm. if you ask me but if you ask a guy from Marshfield you know that's it's a dip, there's there's a whole it's a whole thing you know I I guess up north is relative the answer is no yeah. <laughs>
0: I mean, I grew up in Marinette, which is, I mean, across the river from the UP. And yet, I've had people tell me that that's not up north. Like, it still has to be higher than that. And I just, no. I mean, I I won't.
1: (laughs) I think Highway 8 is what some would say. And then, uh, you know, but when I go up north, I go up to um, Lando Lakes. So that's right on the border of the UP. UP is definitely up north. We can start, we can start, we can definitely say that. There, yeah, right? it's, yeah, it's kind of like, um, like Milwaukee, how like, like Wauwatosa okay. kind of digs in and like you could be uh, West and yet you, you get what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a state of mind, right? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, uh, listening to the album, I guess I I thought that I had probably heard all of the Hallelujah covers that I ever needed to hear in my life. Um, So I was a little skeptical going in, seeing that there was going to be one on there. But Mm. uh, setting Oofta to Hallelujah, I loved it. I mean, it's funny, but also I loved it because it reminded me of my grandpa, who, you know, would say that all the time. And I know your grandparents are also pretty big fixtures in what you do. So... How much of what you do is, is shaped by your family, whether it's your grandparents, whether it's growing up with 12 kids under one roof, um, <laughs> how does that shape what you do?
1: Uh, very much so. In fact, uh, most of my character is based off of, you know, my grandpa and stuff, you would say, and, um. And yeah, I mean, honestly, you know, when you grow up and, and you grow up kind of in a goofy uh, set of situations, when you're one to 12, you get yourself into a lot of kind of goofy situations and it, it's kind of just fun absorbing. Like, And by that, I mean, you're in a big family setting and everybody kind of brings in stuff. And uh, then you have big extended family. I have like 70 cousins, I think. And then... Uh, uh, so you, you know, you have these like potlucks or, or family get togethers and part of the families from this part of the state and that part. And so you just hear all these weird nuances, you absorb a lot of it. And then, you know, that typically will not prepare you much for anything, uh, um, aside for, you know, like when you regurgitate it in the man 12 minute, it prepares you pretty good for that, you know, but I grew up, you know, kind of, talking the way my family talked and saying things the way they said so um that's honestly it's i'm i'm lucky that that was the case because it's it's a cool culture um and one i enjoy very much so
0: i know that we are drawing closer to the end of the time that we have so i'm going to try to get in a lot of um Well, a few more audience questions and and a lot of the really Wisconsin focused questions that I have for you, because I think that's kind of why we're all here. Um, But one of the questions that we've gotten, which I can't believe I didn't think to ask is where, where does keep Moving come from? Is that something that you heard? Did you come up with it on your own? What is it?
1: You know, so it is from the first episode and all of the. Phrases are things that I had heard at one point or another. Like, well, except for "Go Packers" and you know, yeah. yeah. For, for that "Go Packers" phrase, I wanted like Edward R. Murrow has "Good night and good luck." I <laughs> want on my version, and it's "Go Packers." That's the Bears. Yeah. Um. You know, I and, and, and keep her moving. Ah, I had a buddy who said, "Keep it moving." And it, it, he's from Indiana. She's named Scott Evans. Uh, he's done... Um, he, he and I were roommates for a while. He's on Access Hollywood now, actually. Oh, but, wow. But uh, he, he would always tell me to keep it moving. And then... Um, and I had heard people say it here before. Um, uh, I watch a lot of fishing shows, too, and Larry Smith says it, you know? And, uh, um, uh, yeah, I, I just... I I can't remember where it actually originated from, but like none of the phrases are, and I guess that's the whole thing with the Man Talk Minute is, it's all a reflection of what already exists. So I didn't, you know, create, um, you know, cheese Louise, or I didn't you know, these are all just phrases that I didn't create oofta, I didn't create op. You know, it's just stuff that's out there. And so I just try and bring it in and celebrate it, I guess. So.
0: Do you think that'll always be part of what you do as, as an entertainer, as a performer? Um, I guess, do, do you worry about this being kind of the thing that is you for the rest of your life, the way that actors get worried about being typecast? Or are you okay if that's what happens?
1: I don't really care. I mean, I think, yeah, if you're going to get typecast, it's more you know i mean you probably you, either you didn't i i think if i if you work and do it and try you cannot be typecast but worst case scenario i'm okay with it you know i've already thought about that and i mean it's given it's given me more opportunity than i ever really dreamed of and so i i don't care at all you know and um and i just enjoy uh, the Midwest so much, and Wisconsin and and the people that, you know, if if that's what I'm known for, that's that's great, you know.
0: so the the opportunity that it's given you, I mean, you could easily take that, run with it, just be kind of concerned about yourself. But you, in almost everything that you do, talk about um, charitable organizations, particularly, you uh, donate a lot of the proceeds of your merchandise to the VFW and, and other organizations, the Boys and Girls Clubs. I know you, you support them. Um, I, I don't know how to ask this without just like flattering you, but I mean, why, why, why did you decide to, to do that, to, to kind of give back while you're also just kind of making a name for yourself?
1: Yeah. You know, glad she asked. And honestly, it's, it's the fear of purgatory. Okay. When you grow up Catholic, you know that you can go to heaven Okay, I've already written that off the list. You can go to hell. That's a possibility. What I'm shooting for is that middle ground that's purgatory. It's it's kind of like the, uh, you know, it's cocktail hour before you go to heaven, okay? So, if you and how how it works is either you can buy indulgences, okay? So, you know, you can buy your way there, uh, or you can do good deeds, or grandma can say a bunch of rosaries for you, and that'll get you to heaven quicker. But I figure if I can just land in purgatory, uh, then someone somewhere is going to say enough rosaries for me to you know take the elevator upstairs, and uh, so that's that's really the primary motivation. It's self motivated if I'm going to be honest with you. So you know, I respect that.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay. When you're not drinking <laughs> a, keep her moving here. <laughs> what's... which tastes like a schlitz, yeah. Let's remind everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's what's your standby?
1: Oh, uh, whatever's in the fridge, uh, mostly, uh, no, I, I drink whatever I don't have taste buds to be honest with you. Uh, I'm, I'm more of a, uh, consumer, uh, uh, for the product of what, you know, of the feeling afterwards, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, uh, what I'm saying is if I drink coffee, I'm not so concerned about what the coffee does. I'm interested in the coffee situation. You know, and honest to Pete, don't matter what beer I'm going to drink, if I get a little beer buzz going after, you know, a couple, two treats, and then it did its job. I'm not going to sit here and say, is that an IPA? Is that a All the lights do suck. They taste like water. Uh, but you know what? Everyone's got to drink water. And so I says, you know, however it goes, it goes. But I will say this. Even though I can't taste nothing, Keeper Moving is the best tasting schlitz in Wisconsin. Okay, so...
0: I'll well, second second that. That is,
1: there's Schlitz and then there's right. oh, so yeah, right up there. Mm-hmm.
0: How do you take your old fashions?
1: Mm, thank you for asking. Uh, yeah, I take them uh, sour. Okay. I, I like a jolly good uh, floater in there. Okay. Uh, sour power. That's the way it's always been since I was a kid, you know, and you don't forget that Florida or, or that floater, Florida. Thanks whiskey. Uh, you don't forget that floater. Or else, you know, you might get you know smacked upside the head with the good book. Okay, so you got to think about that. Okay, so anywho, uh, any any people sensitive about that just dropped off the chat. I only three it looks like. So there you go. Thank goodness. Yeah. Direct anything to to uh, Grandpa Bob if you're upset about that. So yeah, that's where I learned that.
0: That's fair. Um, some someone in the in the chat has asked us what is the way to make a gimlet in Wisconsin opinions mm, on this?
1: Gimlet. So I, I actually used to be a bartender at the Kohl Center. And oh. uh, yeah, so not to sit over here and flex, but uh, I learned how to make a Gimlet there. And uh, what I remember is you can do a gimlet. Pr- so what is that? That's vodka. <laughs> That's how you know I shouldn't be answering this question. So what is that? Is that uh, vodka? Yeah. No, you can do a vodka gimlet. Uh, you can do a gin gimlet too, right? It's like so? lemon and booze and then who cares? Honestly, I was a bad bartender because I, again, no taste buds. I just go like that. And I, if you put extra booze in, no one's going to care anyway, So That's true.
0: Uh, if you're going out for fish fry, perch, walleye, or bluegill?
1: i uh, go for them walleyes. Oh, she's. But you know what? I, I To be honest with you, most of my fish fries are a bag of fish from the freezer, which is a combination of perch, walleye, bass, uh, sheep's head even. Yeah, we do eat them. Sheep's head, um, you know, northern with the Y bones taken out, okay? Unless Andy was cleaning it and then he just tacks right through them and you choke when you eat them. Uh, yeah, so that it could be any of them.
0: Uh, what do you put on your brats?
1: Oh, glad you asked. I like to put, so mustard. I'm a big mustard guy. Okay, I, I got a whole collection of mustard, but then kraut and uh, relish. Honestly, I'm a works guy. Anything you got to put in, I love jalapenos. You know, you put them on there. I wanna be sweating by two PM, you know.
0: So I mean, yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a mustard onion and sauerkraut, but uh ketchup on a brat? Yes, no.
1: You know, some folks I it's not for me, but if there's ketchup out there and there ain't nothing else, I'll go with ketchup. You know, I'm some some people are purists and gosh bless them. Okay, but that's just not not me. You know, I'm a I'm a utilitarian. So whatever you got, I'll I'll put down the gullet, sure. I'll do it at least once, you know. <laughs>
0: Uh, your your wife is also a funny person who creates content do you guys ever uh do you compete over who's funnier or is it all collaborative
1: no it's all collaborative she's very funny yeah yeah at, at alex where you should follow her she does a lot of home renovation stuff but no she's she's really great yeah she's got a lot of, of good stuff got a lot of great ideas um yeah yeah so no we don't we don't no. It it's uh it's very different stuff too. I yeah, there's not there's honestly there's not a whole lot of anybody I feel like I really uh you know am, am competing with. That's a nice thing about the creative space too, is that you know there's a abundance of ideas out there and you know it's just fun to collaborate with people.
0: You guys have a puppy?
1: Oh yeah, a little buck. Yeah. He's, How's he uh, doing? Yeah, he's good. He's a uh He's a, a terrier uh, mixed with uh, an armadillo, actually. And, uh, yeah, they breed down there in Texas. And, uh, yeah, he was on the side of the road. And, uh, you know, we, we didn't rescue him. He rescued us, honestly. So there you go.
0: That's what people say. I hear. Yeah. yeah. yeah I can
1: see why. Yeah. He sleeps. So,
0: there. of course, Vikings and Bears are playing an NFC championship. Who do you root for?
1: Vikings, Vikings, hundred right. percent and and I don't, you know, I've I've thought about that long and hard, but I, the Bears would have to be playing Lucifer, and I would be on the side of the devil, so.
0: Yeah, um, do you have a favorite cheese?
1: Mm, no. Well. I like a lot of different cheeses, which is why i'm it's not an apathetic, no, I like right, a lot of different right. cheeses. I'm a big fan of obviously cheese curds. Now I know that's going to sound cliche, but I really do enjoy the texture and the shape of of cheese curds. And um,
0: fresh or fried?
1: uh fresh. But some people, again, will, you know, go against the fried situation. I'm all about that. I'll do that, you know. Just make sure you got some – your tums ready to go, you know.
0: Um, all-time favorite Packer and best Packer quarterback of all time. Mm.
1: Wow. Uh, I, I'm going to go with the classics, Bart Starr and uh, – um, All-time favorite pack Ray Nitschke. I like the the Ray Nitschke story about uh, the tower falling on him and he had a hole in his helmet and everything. I don't know if it's true or not, but it's a great story. Who cares if it's true?
0: Doesn't matter. That's certainly not me. I'm I'm only a journalist. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Okay, I've kept you too long, but I want to hear, what else are you working uh, on right now? What's coming next for you?
1: Uh, I'm... Working on uh, off the record.
0: <laughs> you know there are other people here, right? <laughs> I know,
1: I know we're working on um, some longer form stuff, and uh, and it's uh, it's fun, and it has to do with a uh, Wisconsin city, and I hope the project moves forward because I'm I'm very very excited about it. I can't really say too much. I don't. I never know what I can and can't say, yeah. but. You know, I hope it. I hope this project moves forward. So,
0: well, I'm sure we all hope so too. Probably be great. Um, or if it's not, you'll do something else.
1: It's like you never said it. You know, yeah.
0: yeah not, just pretend it not didn't
1: happens, happen. It failed miserably. <laughs> uh,
0: so, I, I guess I assume everyone who's on here probably knows where to find you. But I, I do want to give you a quick opportunity to, you know, plug anything that you, any any places people can go to find your stuff and, and how they can support you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just at Charlie Barons on any of the platforms. Uh, and then uh, there's no H in Barons, uh, but you know, I still respond to it if there is it's silent and then um at man's walk minute. So both of those.
0: Great. Um, well, you know, I want to thank you. I want to thank everyone who's here uh, tonight again. Um, You're all CapTimes members, but I still feel compelled to direct you to membership.captimes.com and send that link to all your friends. um, Tell them you had a good time tonight. I don't know if I can say this, but tell your folks it says hi. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah.
1: And, and, and watch out for deer. Can I butt in on this outro, too? Can
0: Please, I, yeah. I
1: want to tell them to watch out for deer. They are running around all willy-nilly, and with the roads slicker than snot, you know, they, they'll pop in, and then boom, you got venison, but also a broken Corolla, so just use your That's noggin. Trade-off. Yeah.
0: Um, this has certainly been one of the best 53 minutes of my life. I hope it was for everyone else. Uh, can That's we probably. Can we do a little – go pack and, and F the Bears yeah. to, to play us out here?
1: Yeah, yeah. Can I say the F word or no?
0: I think say it, yeah.
1: Okay. Folks, yeah, I, this
0: say- was the best
1: <laughs> yeah. uh, Cap Times interview of your life. As always, go Packers and fuck the Bears. Okay, fuck I say the it. Bears. Honestly, <laughs> Tom, I talked to Father Tom about that and he says it don't count as a swear word if it's immediately proceeded by to Bears, okay? It, not a swear word. Father Tom, if you got problems with it, you know, I, I'll see it as confessional, okay?
0: You're in the clear. You're at least going to purgatory. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, everyone else. I hope you have a great night. Like
1: Bye-bye. Thank you. And
2: since my heart still likes to be, I'm coming home.
0: Thank you for listening to Wedge Issues and a special thanks again to Charlie Barron's for giving his time so generously. Our theme music is Oh Wisconsin by Loxley. You can subscribe to Wedge Issues on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to do your listening. And if you have feedback or suggestions for me, you can find me on Twitter at jessieopie or you can email me at jopoyan at madison.com. I hope you have very happy holidays. Uh, As Charlie would say, watch out for deer. We'll see you next time. This podcast has been brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Once again, be sure to learn more at exactsciences.com.